Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Thursday evening. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for The Relic Grind, our Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast. We're doing the show live, twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. Starting a little early, an hour early. Normally I can't, but it worked out today, and I said, hey, Tark, you want to do the show an hour early? He was like, yeah, sure, why not? And I said, Flynn, you're the one that you know I'm really considering here. You want to do the show an hour early? And he was like, Hell yeah, I want to do the show an hour early. So you're going to go to bed an hour early. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So make sure you're always following us on Twitter. Normally it's 7 p.m. Eastern or 7 p.m. Eastern on Thursdays here for the Relic Grind. We've got a lot to cover today. Obviously, FanFest North America wrapped up this past weekend. So we've got keynote, we've got live letter, we've got the event proper and some of the concerts, and just a, a review from Tark here. Uh, having attended the event, and so much more to talk about. So let's just get started. I'm your host, Mike Byrne. Thank you for listening or watching on YouTube, uh, listening on the podcast platforms, wherever you are. We appreciate it. Give it a like, a thumbs up, a subscribe. Turn on those notifications. Head on over to readycheckradio.com, and you'll have a full backlog of this show, our Gaming Gumbo weekly gaming wrap-up show, which we have not done in like two weeks, and it's going to be another two to three weeks before we do another one. With people, <laughs> hosts going to Gen Con this weekend and me being at uh, my last chance to qualify for Nationals for the Final Fantasy Aww. trading card game on August 12th. So we will resume Gaming Gumbo on August 19th. Joining me for the Relic Grind, though, tonight, Mr. Chris Montoya, a.k.a. Tarkoth. What's up, sir? Greetings, programs. Uh, man, hell of a weekend. Uh, I, I was exhausted. I, I think once I finally got home, that was an experience by itself, by the way, getting home. Because I don't know if anybody knows, there was some major wildfires on the border of California and Nevada, and all that smoke went right to Vegas. So flights were canceled and and delayed till like days later. So that was a whole nightmare. But overall, uh, a fairly good experience. I've heard some bad stories, but overall, for me, fairly good experience. And I may have done something rash. Yeah, maybe, maybe um, just a little rash. It looks like a rash. It definitely looks like a <laughs> Looking a bit infected. <laughs> looking, looking a bit infected in green there. You might want to yeah. put a little little lotion on it. A little lotion it on it. It started out yellow, and now it's, yeah, it's green. No, it's supposed to be green. Also on the line, Mr. Paul Berlin. What's up, Flynn? Greetings. Oh, it is exciting times. It is. We get hype and gently an abyss of waiting that yeah. I'm trying not to think about. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we kind of, we, we, I mean, obviously it doesn't take any great soothsayer to, to say things like we said, but it, it's summer 2024, right? That's, that was kind of the window we were looking at. That's the window we're going to get. And we also have the pretty basic schedule for 6.5 and 6.55. So you've got to, if, if everything holds to plan we kind of know what the waiting windows are going to look like now <laughs> between yeah, now and six, five between six, five and six, five, five, obviously there'll be a dot Oh one and a dot Oh two in there as well. Uh, and then obviously the wait after six, five, five to seven. Oh, we'll talk about all of that, but Tark, before we get into like content and speculation and trailers sure. and names and all that stuff, 
I want to get uh, a kind of a feel from you on the review of the event. This was your first one ever, so you don't have like, mm-hmm. hey, they did it differently this year. You don't have that perspective, but you have the new perspective because you mentioned there there are some major gripes coming from from fans and mm-hmm. i feel like since there's there are some of those bad things let's get those out of the way now so like the rest of the show is just like yes let's talk about this cool stuff and and talk about it but from top to bottom keynote to concert to symphony the day after everything wrapped up what you what you experience how was it okay so first thing um never do it in vegas in july ever again just just don't do it it's not, it's not fun. Um, you're looking for shade everywhere you can. Um, yeah, there's cool stuff like food trucks outside the convention center, but that's right in the middle of the sun on 110 100 to 115 degree weather. It's just gross. Um, you know, you, you want to experience Vegas, but it's it's gross. <laughs> yeah, that is you one of obviously around, the biggest gripes around is... The, the the temperatures with lines outside and the mm-hmm. the the whole mismanagement well not like square had a lot of control over this but uh mismanagement with the monorail and it, it becoming exceedingly uncomfortable <laughs> to get on the monorail to get to and mm-hmm. from the convention center uh I luckily we had the hotel room like right next door so it was just a a short walk from hotel into convention center so maybe five minutes at that so for us it was it was good planning but for all those that were farther away uh yeah the, using the monorail was supposed to be a cheap option um but tended to be kind of a nightmare uh, weather and heat wise um as far as events inside uh i thought they were kind of cool um i don't know if they've had this before but they had this kind of quest givers they had you know the meteor exclamation point quest givers but with 10 to 15,000 people in the area at a given time, hearing them say the quests was absolutely awful. Like you had to lean in, maybe you take your phone and you try to record just so you don't have to, you know, have them repeat it like seven times. And of course they're directed in a certain way um, from their quest markers. So if you're behind them, you're not hearing crap anyway. So um, the events themselves uh, were okay. They were, they were pretty short. Um, there were lines for pretty much everything that is, as you can expect with 10 to 15,000 people, uh, in an event like that. Uh, I thought the dance floor was tremendously awesome. Got quite a few picks there. Um, it, day one didn't seem like everyone and anyone was getting really hyped into it, but day two, like there was just throngs of people wanting to, to dance and do emotes and stuff on the dance floor. So that was cool. Uh, concessions inside the venue were met at best. Uh, I think that my best thing was getting coffee. I wish there was more seating. Um, I know ADA had a big issue, unfortunately. That's a big one right now. Seeing lots of ADA, and this was really disappointing to see, you know, even having not been there myself and not needing uh, ADA accommodations for myself or anybody that I, I would have traveled with because I've run theaters and things like that, I'm very like cognizant of, okay, does this meet ADA guidelines? Can we do this? What happens if this, what happens if this? And so like to see, you know, the, the small space, uh, uh, alleged for the, the ADA line and then line mismanagement on day one as a whole, whether you were ADA, uh, needed or not 
just like lines were just everywhere. Like there was no rhyme or reason to where lines from the concessions go in some of the reports that I'm seeing. Merch line on day two was just an absolute cluster. It always is. That day, that day has two been wasn't a even a line. That has been a problem it, it, since the original fan fest. The merch line. Day, merch line day two was anybody that got a merch ticket from day one. They didn't really give anybody on day two a merch ticket. So if you didn't weren't in line on day one to possibly get merch on day two. You were just out of luck. Not to mention, oh, they didn't have a lot of stuff by the time you got to the end if you had a merch ticket. So, again, they messed up on the quantity as well. Uh, I even heard, though, um, from our board peers, he said that uh, he saw someone walking out with a garbage bag full of Moogle plushies. Uh, they weren't limiting just, like, one or two. They were letting you buy as many as you want. So they were just... The merch line was a disaster. The amount of merch was a disaster, and limitations or lack thereof uh, just compounded everything. So merch was just a joke. Uh, if you didn't pre-order, good luck. Yeah, and that's I've the over the years. Yeah, and that's been a mess since the fan fest has started. The merch area being a cluster is is absolutely nothing new. Uh, also, uh, people, you know, our, our friend um, uh, Fusion uh, came down with COVID mm. after the show getting reports yes. of numerous, you know, and that's unfortunately like one of the things that we're probably going to have to deal with uh, like we do with the annual cold and flu for eternity. And that doesn't mean that it's okay yeah. and that precautions shouldn't be taken. I did see that Yoshi P had gotten up there and said something about the pandemic being over. And while, you know, from a um, semantics point of view, yes, I mean, it's not technically a pandemic anymore. It would, be more of an endemic, right? Something that we experience every year. I, uh, I didn't like seeing that said when, you know, there, there's still precautions you can take. Uh, and that kind of had a feel to it of, we don't have to take any precautions now. Um, so the, I love this event. I've never been, but I love this event. And I love watching the streams and, and, and all that fun stuff. I feel like... They almost, from everything I'm seeing, whether it's from ADA friends of mine, whether it's from friends of mine that, you know, with the merch line or this line, I heard the Primals was a particular experience, uh, the, the Primals concert mm -hmm. uh, and seating in that area and then rows being stripped out so that you could, you know, dance down at the front and that zone being just overcrowded and flooded and... I feel like, Flynn, from everything I'm reading, and I wasn't there, we'll ask Tark here, but... I feel like they almost took a step back. Like it almost wasn't as not to say that you can always run a 15,000 person event smoothly, right? You're always going to have some bumps in the road, some angry people, some upset people, some things you could have done better. Maybe you'll do them better next year. But I feel like some of the issues at least that plagued fan fest from all the reviews and, and feedback that I'm reading are things that, have either happened in the past and still now continue to happen, they haven't been fixed, or they weren't issues in the past or were smaller issues, and this year became slightly bigger issues, like they were almost out of practice doing this. I, I don't I don't know what better word to use there. Yeah, I I agree. Even, I was in the Miss Happy stream the other day, and he was saying the same thing, where a lot of it felt like regression from what he heard from his friends who had been. Like, I don't know whether it's, you know, because of the pandemic, everything's shutting down, everybody's out of practice, or is it the conventional that's doing a, 
a few other conventions at the same time. So it's down to them how the internal politics of how things were structured got organized and how to square next stands. All we can hope for is uh, the October UK Fan Fest to be approved and then JP being. Well, you'd think they'd be a bit smarter because it's JP. <laughs> We'll see. I mean, yeah. they, but it's it's one of those things, though, like how many lessons can you learn from this that realistically you can implement in EU or, or Japan? Like the timeline is, although it, although it feels like, EU. although although there is time, right? Although there is time. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess I shouldn't say EU. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. Um, although there is time to implement certain changes there's not enough time if that makes sense like you can't change the merch situation dramatically you can make improvements to it i get tark wanting to make money selling shit yeah. hawking your final fantasy stuff at the event i have mm -hmm. never understood though why that isn't just a merch pickup line and nothing more like if, uh, they did do that for the second pre-order your stuff it? online second. you have to yes, have it in one, yes. And and you can do that, right? You can order online and swing by and and do some stuff there. But I, I I've never understood why it isn't just like, hey, you know what? We're gonna do a merch pickup zone, not a a store. I get it. They want to make extra money from people who didn't order online ahead of time. But all these things are available. Most of them are available online. Uh, pre-show yes. and all of them at some point become available afterwards at least that's what they tell you at the convention apparel yeah some of them actually don't make it but they'll tell you at the fan fest hey these these will be available online I, I don't know i don't know it seemed a bit messy i hope they polish it up tark you were actually there i'll give you the last word on this one uh so also i i was running with a group that had been to two of the previous uh fan fest um, the gist I got that overall it was a regression. Um, it might have been just out of practice, you know, what, four, five years since the last live uh, FanFest. Um, but I also think it was... By, by the way, just, that is not an excuse for missing things like ADA no. accommodations. Like that, no, we're, absolutely not. Yeah. No, I'm not trying to make any excuses on, on that front. Um, that should have been squared away, number one, um, taking care of those people properly. Uh, I think... It's more of a, they did not adjust to the volume of people that they allowed to come to this event. Um, I think they got to find enough space for it, but security, manpower, um, all of that falls on square to make sure that the event is done properly and safely. Um, and I just got the feeling that that wasn't happening properly uh, to the point where like, on day two, you could come in and out and, you know, you'd have security at the gate, but they were just like, yeah, just come on, whatever. Like, they were so apathetic, it was kind of disgusting. I don't think they were even checking bags. Um, it was, it was, felt kind of wrong, um, but I was there to have fun, so that's what I was focused on. Uh, yeah, I just, I agree that they took a step back and, and but might be not doing it for a while, but I, I think it's the amount of people uh, and they just did not adjust to take caring of all of which them, does not make sense to me because you pre-sold the fucking tickets like yep. you yep. pre-sold the tickets and you limited them yourself to a certain number like this mm -hmm. this isn't like hey we sold a million pre-orders from a, a, a game and our servers are getting pummeled because we also sold 500,000 copies that weren't pre-ordered and we weren't expecting that number 
This is, we had a million copies, we passed out a million copies, and our servers crumbled. There's no reason that should be the case. <laughs> like, there just isn't uh, yeah. for that type of thing. I, I almost feel like if you want to keep it in Vegas, North America, as much as I like being first, should be second. Like, it, it just to get that out of the summer time frame, right? If you want to keep the event in Vegas, oh, yeah, depending get on it out of the summer time frame. Uh, go to Europe for for the the June or the August, July August time frame, and then go to North America for the September October time frame. Um, it's because they just want to make sure you start off with the sun, because as soon as you come to the UK, ninety percent <laughs> chance it's cloudy, be cold, and wet. <laughs> cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Uh, <laughs> but there absolutely was fun to be had. Like there, hell yeah, yeah. They have to make improvements, big time. They absolutely do. But there was absolutely fun to be had, and it all got kicked off with the keynote uh, on day one. And, of course, we were actually doing the podcast on MMO Bomb at 1 o'clock Eastern when the keynote started. So we were actually running it in the background while we were talking about other things, and we would pause and say, okay, because we knew they were going to open with a trailer, right? Boom, here, here it yeah. comes. We've got the trailer. We've got the expansion name. We've got the window for release in the, the summer of 2024. Flynn, what did you think of this bad boy trailer? Oh, I loved it. It's definitely that uh, anime uh, beach day sort of vibe. <laughs> I hope it's not too much of a red herring. Like, if you look back at Stormblood, it's sort of at the happy-go-lucky in the trailer, then, you know, it just sends the darkness. Yeah, I mean, when we were watching it, Takal in chat had said, you know, this trailer and this music doesn't slap as hard as the previous couple of expansions. And and I almost, I, I had to agree. I was like, the music's great. The the graphic thing, by, which, by the way, I'm sure we'll mention the graphical overhaul and stuff. Uh, the trailer looks fantastic. I'm with you, Flynn. I kind of liked that this one wasn't like, every other one, right? Where the world is ending, yeah. things are looking dire, can we save it? This was almost like, hey, we're going to go on a vacation. We're going to go to the new world, guys. We're going to go to the new world, and look at this. It's a beautiful beach, and there's all kinds of crazy critters running around. Let's see what we find. Let's go on an adventure. So I did like the upbeat feeling, but that did kind of come with a... All the previous expansion trailers had that feeling of stakes and yeah. you know a lot on the line, Tark which we don't have because this is the kickoff of a new story. Radio appears, by the way, in chat. What's up, Radio? Love you. Saying a thing for me as well, talking about FanFest as a whole, because the event was so much bigger than previous FanFests, they limited the in-game stuff to just a single battle challenge, which was a nightmare to get into with the app, I heard. Uh, in the past, there were so many other fun challenges they had available to do. I'm glad the event has grown so much, but I almost miss the smaller feel of the past ones. Totally understandable. Totally understandable. Dawn Trail, tra Tark, what'd you think of the trailer, the title, and where we're headed? Uh, the trailer, initial feelings was, oh, cool, this is awesome. It has a cool, uppy feel. It actually kind of reminded me of that second half of the Realm Reborn trailer after all the, you know, you know, Bahamut and all that fun stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, as you appear and like, oh, this is a brand new world and we're going to explore. That's the kind of feeling I got from this. Um after that, like, there's really nothing here. You, just everyone's doing just kind of happy-go-lucky things. I understand 
Gwera's got to reset this thing because we had this big intergalactic thing that we had to take care of. Um, that's done. Time to get back to, to home base and, and chill out for a bit and reset uh, our palate, so to speak. Um, no tease on, well, I guess maybe little teases. If you stop the frames, one, you know, yeah. you can look. If you stop the frames, maybe I've you got can one big question because of the frames. <laughs> um, uh, but the trailer was okay. I mean, it's a teaser trailer. There's like barely anything there. Yeah. My favorite moment is Graha eating tacos. That's awesome. Tacos and it, it, awesome. right, it is to your point. It is the teaser, right? Like this is the one that gets expanded on at the the future fan fests and then headed into release where we get different videos and then we get a full mm -hmm. actual launch trailer at the conclusion of everything. I, Go ahead. I I am not digging the name of the expansion though. I Why? think they, they went wrong on that. Um, I think they need to start, start marketing in a different way. And clearly the name for this expansion should have just been two dies, <laughs> two dies. We Sell millions right there. Just that, just that name. We do know the main city hub, uh, to um, to Leo These names are silly. Yeah, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to ask you: uh, Is this is this Maricidia, Tark? This is not Maricidia. This is the oh, new yeah, world. Yeah. I knew there as soon as I saw the the uh, Mama Jaja, uh, it was like, oh, we are going to the new world. We are new not world. going to Maricidia. Yep. So this is this is pretty cool. Home we, of Blue Mage. We had a lot of fun uh, well, in MMO bombs chat Blue making North, fun of so. it, uh, saying that we were going to go to a shitty MMO and we were headed to New World. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> LOL. <laughs> Troy told Troy said if the fourteen people are headed to New World in their expansion, please bring your mounts. We really want mounts. <laughs> please, please bring your mounts. Uh, release window summer of 2024. Nothing new Ugh. there. That is Gut kind punch. of yeah. That is kind of where we thought it would be. We kind of hope uh, maybe mm. end of spring, but thought it would probably leak into summer. Nine months is gonna be brutal. Not gonna lie. Yeah. The, the worst we had was during COVID, right? And that was six months, six and a half months. So nine months. Ugh. Um, but I think we kind of figured out why that was happening a little bit later in the keynote with a special guest appearance. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to that. Yeah, how how you uh, holding up there, Flynn, with the weight here? Ah, uh, doing okay. I mean, jumping yeah. ahead a little bit from the live letter, six five is in early October, six five five mid January, so that puts you at approximately a four to a six month wait after 655 until the expansion yeah plenty of time to get 19 relic weapons done right we've <laughs> already guys. done that you're way behind <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're a little late uh the graphics <laughs> update does look tremendous it yes. does look absolutely tremendous uh i think in the like the trailer bit i noticed it most on uh Uriange, and on Grahatia eating his taco. Like both of those character models, you were like, hmm, I mean, I know who that is, but they don't look quite the same. They don't look quite the same. I know the who curves are just a little more curvy. Yeah. <laughs> I know who that is because of their, their clothing, but it looks a little bit different. Yeah, a you look bit. a little curvy. You look a little curvy. Uh, level cap going to 100. Are you surprised it wasn't 99, Tark? No. I was, I was thinking uh, maybe they do the. Uh, World of Warcraft thing, and they just do 95, and we get a little bit, you know, every level, and every level is like 
five billion eight or XP before you get to it. But uh, not really surprised. Uh, I, I just think they need to do something after this. Like you can't just keep going up and up and up and like to the point where you know level two hundred. Like that's just insane. Uh, I think, yeah, after one hundred, we need to we need to find another realm of progression than just levels. Yeah, I thought they would stop at 99 just as a tradition thing. And Yoshi P had said in an interview, it was months and months ago, because I remember months writing ago, yeah. it up for MMO Bomb. Like, yeah, we're probably going to make the level cap 100. And I was like, oh, no, they're not going to stop at 99. No. I thought that would have been, like, fitting, to your point, Tark, right? Like, let's get to level yeah. 99, and then they do something where that's the level cap, right? That's 99, and then yeah. progression takes over in a different way. Um, but that's going to take some tremendous work on their side. And I guess they're, they're mm -hmm. a little focused on the graphics and some other things right now. Two yes. new jobs, one melee DPS, one ranged magic DPS. Yay. One of each. One of each. Melee deeps, ranged magic deeps. Of course, any fan fest goer or watcher knows, you pay attention to Yoshi P's clothing. Absolutely. He was wearing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirt. And that begins the speculation, Flynn. What are you hearing? Oh, yeah. What do you think? <laughs> what are we oh, going to say? Way too much now. <laughs> uh, I personally think it's uh, Corsair. Because I don't I think feel like Corsair is overdue. Uh, uh, yeah. Corsair off of a Ninja Turtles t-shirt? Explain that one. Ninjas and pirates. Yep. And also, uh, the turtles are trained by a rat, and rats mm. like to be on ships. <laughs> oh my god! There's so many that ways is, to get it. Corsair, other than just watching the trailer and seeing him in very much Edward Kenway Assassin's Creed Black Flag attire. <laughs> yeah, there's, and, there's and... all things, but God, it was bloody uh, Beastmaster uh, Druids. Well, and, and you know, Corsair kind of makes sense with who they need. They would presumably have to share gear class with. Yeah, scouting. Scouting. Yep. Yep. Again, another fit. connection for the ninja uh, pirate thing. Corsair feels overdue uh, to me, uh, but that's you know just as an FF eleven player, I guess. Uh, and then Green Mage is is one i've seen if I, I think that's like very easy one to go okay turtles are green green mage uh there we go could be a reference to turtles in time and grabbing a time mage i've seen that one too <laughs> some of these are like Ooh. six degrees gymnastics yeah six degrees awesome. of ninja turtles is what it turns into uh yeah. chemist uh, chemist makes its appearance again right and yes. some of them yep, as always. in the turtles the, were transformed you yeah. know transformed by ooze uh and so you got chemist sneaking in there and then even pictomancer which i would love but i don't think that one has made it obviously with the the ninja turtles being named after uh famous artists uh, so pictomancer mm -hmm. being thrown in the mix too I'd love to see some of these, but I'm just like, there's no, no, we're not getting picked a mancer. That'd be fantastic. I would love it, but there's no way. There's, there's been, name me more than two pictomancers. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The thing that's stopping me for pictomancer is, uh, we should be having Cryo potentially join us, and they would be our new mage class, and I don't see Cryo being a pictomancer. Right. 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 What do you no, think, Tark? I can see Alice. 
I can see Alice finally changing her job because she griped about that previously, right? And she could be uh, the artist, Pictomancer. Yeah, could work. And then we get, um, and then we get yeah, to meet Realm. Brother, he's the artist. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've got Pictomancer, Green Mage. Uh, I've theorized Fencer, and this again is mental gymnastics. The they're named after artists, Renaissance artists. One of the martial prowesses in the Renaissance time was fencing or duelist. Fencing has been in uh, Final Fantasy Tactics advanced games, so possibly that. Uh, I've seen Red Mage in fourteen, right? What? Yeah, I've seen Red Mage in fourteen. That yeah. is our fencer with magic. <laughs> Hell, I mean, like Anyways. even even Sage, like kind of borrows from from fencers uh, in in fourteen as well. They could do a lot of different things. I mean, you could say, hey, I mean, we've got red mages and we've got machinists. Why do we need corsairs? They're borrowing from both. So, you know, well, hey, if you look at the time mage thing, though, interestingly, we have had like semi time related abilities actually uh, taken yeah. taken off of classes. Taken, yes, that are pulled away the, the, from Astro. Right, that were taken off so of that Astro. So melt stuff. together. So, you know, Time Mage. I'd love a Time Mage. Uh, I would love Time Mage. I've said Time Mage for Yeah, that, that was one now. of the ones we talked about as potentially being a cool healing class. Like, obviously, we're not getting a healer yeah. this expansion, but we've talked about it before. Like, Tark, I think you and I on a previous show were like, wouldn't it be cool mm -hmm. if it was a Time Mage and it was a healing class and the way it did things was restoring horse health to certain points in time? That'd be kind of neat. Sure. Uh, weren't they saying that they were pulling from old FFs less? Yeah, uh, they have said yeah. that. So there is the other speculation to Magnetic that um, it's not a class you could guess. Because it's going to be a unique one of them, at least, is going to be a unique class to 14, which I don't know. Like, I'm very interested in the concept, but I don't know if I'd be a fan of. I kind of feel like when I play my FF MMO, I want to play as X class, right? I want, <laughs> I want to... my FF feels and everything. Exactly. Like, I love, I'm, I'm lock, baby. I want to be a treasure hunter. Can I be a treasure hunter? No, that's not in the game. Okay. What's a Corsair? Okay. That's pretty close. Let's go that way. But well, as a long time player of 14 specifically, I'm like, I would fucking love a new class that I've never heard of at this point. Yeah. That's one thing that 14 has done here and there, uh, whether it's through reworks or just new jobs. They'll happily look at a singular character that exists and turn them into a job. So we've, you know, Gunbreaker and the Machinist Shadowbringers rework to be more like Edgar. So it might be considered a name, but it could be based off just a character that exists. It could be like a Balfia-style role for all, all we know. There you go. Just to throw a random there character. Class there Sky Pirate. <laughs> oh, snap. Let's go. Class Sky Let's Pirate. Go. Not Corsair, yeah. Sky Pirate. Let's yeah. bring. <laughs> How many Viera would be rolled up with a name from XX Fran XX? Uh, it'd just be an awful lot of them. An awful lot. The of same them. as the four hundred that exists. Let's now. also true. Let's also not put in, not be you know shocked that if they throw us a debate. They kept him pretty cloaked the whole time, not to reveal anything. And what if he just comes out and oh, he was just a red mage the whole time, a rapier flipping around, and we we're all like, oh, sad face. 
Yeah. Right. You look at him when he Yeah, what if Yoshi P just wakes up and he's like, God damn it, I can't just wear shirts of things I like anymore. I just like <laughs> everybody reads into it. And, 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 and the shirts and the shirt and the job on the ship could be completely separate. They could be, you know, they got two jobs. Yeah. So they could be that could be Corsair and Pictomage for Corsair. So you're for thinking we we're gonna do a Stormblood when uh Durplander was both jobs. Maybe. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe. It's interesting. What what do you want? You don't have to go through both, Tark. But what one do you absolutely want? Knowing now, you know, you're not getting a healer, you're not getting a tank, you're getting a melee DPS and a ranged magic DPS. Specifically, mm -hmm. those two. If you don't have a favorite for both of them, that's fine. But which one? You know, do you have one that you're like, oh, I really hope it's this. And and it doesn't matter. <laughs> how, it doesn't matter how ridiculous the seven degrees of the teenage mutant Ninja turtles path to get there is. What well, one do you? Uh, so we're what ignoring. Do you want? So we're ignoring clues. Right. Well, I mean, you could take into account clues. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think Pictomancer would be really cool. Uh, because it really doesn't have a history. Like one or two characters have been at Realm, and I don't know someone else. Um, but it doesn't have really a mechanic, so they could do whatever they want with it, um, artistry-wise. And you could do a lot with, you know, a big paintbrush um, graphically to make a bunch of different paintbrushes different and particle effects and all that fun stuff. Um, as far as melee, I've always wanted a Viking and like two-handed hammers or two-handed axes or dual wielding axes or dual wielding hammers. Uh, I always thought that would be cool. The likelihood of both of those are probably really, really low. <laughs> probably. What about you, probably. Flynn? Uh, there's two. That I like. My first out there thought was uh, a Ronin because of the one turtle story where... Mm. It's a surviving turtle that used all weapons. Wouldn't they tie that too close to samurai, though? But if you swap in between the swords, the bow staff, the size, the nunchucks, so as part of your rotation, you're swapping what weapons you're using in the situations. Right. So a bit like our machinist plays when it swaps through tools, but as a scouting job. Yeah. And, you know, dual wielding samurai swords. I would love nunchucks to be in the game. Just saying, nunchucks would be sick. What's the other one, Flynn? Uh, the other one is one I heard when I was looking at what people were saying, and the idea because of turtles and mutants, uh, a casting job, uh, being a beast master, but you're the one who becomes the beast. So a bit like how we theorize, similar could have been reworked that you become the icon, and that's how you do your rotations. Like a druid. Yeah. I'm boring. Give me Time Mage and give me Corsair. All right. Yeah. I'm I'll be I'll be on board for that. Yeah, I'm still down for Corsair. I love pirates. <laughs> <laughs> I think Green Mage is, would be a little weird to try and implement because they try and fill even a, a more niche gap in between. Like you got white mage and black mage yeah. and red mage kind of right in the middle there. Uh, conceptually, not always in practice, but conceptually. The red mage is kind of right in the middle there. Uh, and then you got green mage, which would kind of be like in between red mage and white mage. So it's like gets a yeah, little it? gets a little more narrow on the focus there. So as much as I would like a green mage, I don't think it makes a lot of sense unless they reimagine the class in, in a, a different yeah, way. Yeah, you know, you know almost like a, a buffer, a, right? almost buffer kind of like. 
Well, you yeah, almost kind of like take the, the the aspects of druid and make that green mage to imply like green as in earth and you know nature magic uh, instead of the way it's historically uh, been pictured in Final Fantasy games. But Corsair, yeah, give me a Corsair, man, and and I'll take a time mage. I'll take a time mage. It's going to be interesting. Not world in eleven. I think Corsair is doubting most likely. I think we'll so know too. more in three months. Yeah, <laughs> we absolutely will. We absolutely will. Uh, then we've got a new tribe, one of the tribes being shown off, the Pelu Pelu. Uh, some interesting folks here, and not a lot, not a lot of info. Got like kind of a description oh. of them, and and that's about it. Uh, we're gonna nice talk job, another little Pavazi ten knot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then what else? Uh, oh. A cross promotion with Fall Guys that you totally didn't see coming. Oh, who could have predicted it? <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV. That's awesome. Crossing over with Fall Guys. In Fall Guys, they're going to have, as you can see, little uh, Final Fantasy related costumes for the beans. Uh, Alphino and Alice, and then some other ones. Of course, Chocobo, some of the staples, things like that. On the Final Fantasy XIV side of the collaboration, mm. we're getting a 24 part. <laughs> person. Gold Saucer event uh, that you can participate in. I, presumably, it's going to be some type of gate. Uh, and then, yeah. yeah, you got to do some Fall Guy running. Don't get smacked off the thing. Here's the thing. I, like, this is incredibly neat, right? And I know some people are rolling their eyes at this. It's like, come on. You know, we've been stretching it on some events. And way, way back, we all remember Yoshi P saying, like, if it doesn't make sense to be in Final Fantasy, we're not going to put it in Final Fantasy 14. You know, and when they did, um, what was it, Dragon Hunter? Or no, that's not right. Um, Monster, Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. When they did Monster yeah. yeah, we were all kind of like, uh, I mean, it's Fantasy Dragon, so okay. But this starts to feel weird. Now we're doing fucking Fall Guys. Uh, <laughs> like... Here's, I mean, the, here's my only concern with this one, Tark. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. This is going to be fun. I'm going to enjoy it, I'm sure. I'm going to be aggravated by it, I'm sure. The hitboxes in Final Fantasy XIV are not uh, the most stable things in the janky. world. <laughs> Super janky. <laughs> so this might be just as irritating as like the Kugane jump puzzle or any of that type of stuff that you've tried to match up hitboxes for you're gonna swear you did not get hit by that thing that just sent you flying and it's not even the hitboxes that i'm worried about it's the server tick you're out of it you're ahead of it by a full two seconds and you still go flying into the river or whatever it is down there uh it's gonna be an absolute train wreck shades of shades of 2.0 landslides <laughs> i know it's gonna be great only it's not you know no ps3 shenanigans but right um i'm i'm still looking forward to this this i'm gonna be playing this anytime i can get my hands on it this looks like a, a hell of a lot of fun yeah i want to do this with my free company because there was a few of us watching the keynote live and when we were watching these slides magnetic who's in chat he saw that they got a mechanic where you know it's the cursor above your head and the spins he hates our mechanic so much, <laughs> and I just can't wait to see him lose his rag trying to deal with it. Yeah, it'll be fun, and you know, and at least it's going to be you know tucked in the gold saucer. So I guess you can yeah. be like, yeah, this is you know, it totally fits in this world. It's a game. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I guess 
I can see Godbert saying, yeah, let's do this. Let's make this. Oh, yeah, he would do sure. it. Then <laughs> 12 Yoshi P welcomed to the stage one Mr. Phil Spencer. And as soon as he introduced that name, if you have been watching mm -hmm. this show, on this show, or even just a longtime player, you knew exactly what was coming. Like, yeah. as yes. soon as he introduced Phil Spencer, you knew exactly what was coming. That Final Fantasy XIV yep. will finally, finally, finally make its way to the Xbox platform in spring of 2024, just in time to jump into 7.0 and get some get some stuff done before 7.0 launches coming to the Xbox platform and then brought out Square Enix president and all three had a nice chat where they did say a few things Tark that said kind mm -hmm. of led you to believe and and were directly said that we're going to be working harder to bring other Square Enix titles to the Xbox platform as well awesome this is all just awesome. Uh, yeah, the first thing that came to my head uh, when he came out was all, finally, the Xbox has come! The Final Fantasy. Yeah, uh, it's so really weird totally for me because, for like, I, I consider... I, I can, I'm not going to play on Xbox, right? I play on PC. Uh, me neither. I do have it me installed neither. on PlayStation 5, but I'm seldom... And I do keep it updated with the most ex uh, recent expansions, but I'm very seldom on it on the console. Um, sure. Very rarely. So I'm not going to play it on the Xbox. I'm not even going to buy it on the Xbox. But I'm happy for other people that maybe don't have a PC or a PlayStation 5 and they're, you know, Xbox babies and now you can play fine. I'm happy to have you. Come on. Let's go. Yep. Yep. Let's go on adventures. Um, so for me, like, it, cool. About time, great. But, you know, wasn't, oh, man, cool. But in my head, I thought back. Like, I associate my years of Final Fantasy XI, most of which with the Xbox. Yeah, it launched sure. on PlayStation 2. That's where I first played it. But I played that for ever on an Xbox 360. And so it was kind of weird, Flynn, to, to be like, wow, it took us 10 years to get 14 on the Xbox. When in my head, there's still that Final Fantasy MMOs are on the, on the Xbox because yeah. of how many years I spent playing 11 on the 360. It's weirdly timed in a way because we're going back to the new world, which we've always <laughs> known as the eleven right. area, and now it's on Xbox, so it's it's kind of full circle. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. it's finally happening. I have got a Series S upstairs. I'll load up to beta to see how it performs. Oh yeah, I'll throw it on this the Series X just to. You know, okay, this is working good, great. You know, 4K resolution. Yeah, just, yeah. Obviously, the just X so to get some feedback, but more X, people to play with, the better. The X and the S are going to have substantially different performance ranges, though. Yes, Remember, yes, one system cannot do 4K; the other one can. And there's there's a whole slew of other performance uh, considerations you should take into account there, whether you have an Xbox Series S or X, uh, as far as playing Final Fantasy 14 on it. But welcome. To all of our Microsoft friends who can finally play on their particular console of choice coming this spring, right ahead of Dawn Trail. A question came up in some follow-up interviews uh, afterwards during some of the FanFest stuff where Yoshi P was asked once again 
about a common question we've talked about on this show. You sell skips, story skips, but realistically, you've got to give new players a new starting point. You've got to give brand new players a new starting point other than 2.0, unless they want to shell out money. Is 7.0 going to be the place that you do it? Uh, and Yoshi P says the team has prepared some new in-game features that'll let you read the lore and background. I assume he's talking about the codex uh, here. Uh, <clears throat> and characters of the world up to Endwalker or patch 6.0. If you did decide to skip all that, you would have to play from patch 6.1, leading you up to Dawn Trail, which will be patch uh, 7.0. While the team might be preparing those features, Yoshi P still recommends newcomers to actually play through all the expansions, comparing it to a long-running TV show and how you don't just start at Season 6. Yoshi P and the team also aren't entirely sure whether they want to implement these features or not yet, so you might have to stick to lore compilations from YouTubers in the meantime. Should 7.0 Tark come with a skip to, let's go with what Yoshi P said, Start at 6-1 because that's kind of your prelude into where 7-0 is going to go. Should that inc be included? Should it? Especially with a new console, new platform, a bunch of new people? Yes. Will it? Will it? No, because you're taking money right out of Square's pockets with those story skips and the. Are you really though? They're giving now. Heavens, yeah. the the free the critically acclaimed free trial is going to be expanded to include Stormblood now too. That's that's nice for them, but that's still two plus expansions worth of content that you have to go through, and uh, you don't want to have them skip that. So, um, without paying for it. So, should they? Yes. Will they? No. You really think uh, it comes down to finances? Because I think the smart money says yeah. <laughs> I'm more likely to get... No, no, I, I know I'm not... It does come down to finances. But do you think it's really that clear-cut and dry? Because, Flynn, I kind of look at it the other way. I feel like I'm much more likely to get your $15 every month for the next six months if I let you start at 6.1 versus me making you start at 2.0 or 3.0 or something like that. Yeah. And uh, that's the money uh, I'm after. I don't care about the $25 one-time skip you're going to give me. I want your 15 every month. Yeah. That's been one thing with uh, hearing from people coming into Final Fantasy that aren't story people normally is, you're expecting me to do what is now 10 years worth of story just to get to Endgame. Whereas if you're just a couple of patches behind what a current expansion is, that's so much less time to get involved, get to Endgame, and yeah, there'll be a bit more retention. And if they start enjoying the characters, they might go back to the beginning. I've done this with shows where I've randomly turned into like series 10 of NCIS, watched code S, oh, this is pretty cool. And I ended up starting from the beginning, binging the entire thing. It is a way to get people who are still like World of Warcraft or whatever. Right. It's like, yeah, it's so much investment. It was like, no, you just start in. 20 hours of gameplay behind? Well, that's a day's grind to me. <laughs> I, I, I understand what you're saying there, but I think there's so much in the story and backgrounds of all the main characters that to come in at 7.0... Um, I mean, if we had a brand new Science of the Seventh Dawn, I'm on board with you. But we still have Ishtola, Graha, uh, Estinian, Thancred. We got everyone 
and everyone's got their own histories and stories. Right, but like to come there's a, in there's in the a big of segment middle... of MMO players that don't fucking uh, care about that. Yeah, like they don't care there's about the character development. Skip, but you ask them anything and they can't tell you what's happening. Because some people, it's just about the actual gameplay. I think if you let a new else. player jump in at six one, right, and that's where they got to pick up. They're going to know what's going on as far as the main story beats because you don't need any of the main story beats to understand this new adventure, right? You would have needed those main story beats to understand the conclusion of 6.0. Are there nods to previous stuff and relationships and stuff from 6.1 uh, forward that us long-timers get? That, yeah, of course there are. Of course there are. But those, I don't think there's any downside to letting you come in at 6.1. And you know what? There are three other things you can go do in the past if you want to experience the backstory of how all of these people are interconnected and and how, you know, Yishtola lost her sight and, you know, all that extra stuff. But you don't need that. And then there's a huge segment. Like, Final Fantasy XIV is known for being the story MMORPG, right? It's it's some people, I know Brian mm -hmm. refers to it as the RPG MMO, right? The other way. Um, that's fine. I think there's a huge segment that doesn't care about that stuff. I don't need to know how Yishtola lost her sight, why she's referred to as Matoya sometimes. Like, I, I don't need to know that stuff. She's doing some cool magic shit over on the first or over in the new world. That's what I care about because that's what's going on right now. Or hell, the skippers, right, that don't care about the cutscene at all. Just I want to unlock everything and level up and do the dungeons, and, and that's the way I play it. I don't think there's a downside here. I just don't. I think yeah, it's more and we've also got a writing team that always factors in if people do certain side quests, certain job quests. So it'll be written in a way that if you've skipped everything, it'll still feel sort of natural. It's going to be interesting. They have to do something. You can't. It, it almost feels egotistical at a certain point where you're like, the story is good enough that you should want to play through all of it. I agree, but I already played through all of it. It's very easy for me to say that. I played through it as it came out over the course of the last 10 years. It's very easy for me to say that. Yeah. Uh, and another good point for this is, it's like, if I wanted to make an American alt character, if I could just jump in at 6-1, that is so much less time I would need to do to catch up, to hang out with you two, to do some Alliance Raid, do some endgame content as well. They are, do that. They are yeah, talking about... cash up and buy that skip. They are... <laughs> They are talking about... I would about, have to buy two skips. They are talking about <laughs> regional data center visiting now, by the way. Oh, yeah. They are. It's probably, uh, like we're uh, probably going to be quite a ways off, it. but they're talking about it. Yeah, talking a grand global duty finder. Yeah. Hey, the That's live letter, we spent a lot of time on the keynote because, honestly, the live letter, I felt, was kind of lackluster. It's To me, it just sure. felt like it spent... I know some people really, really liked it, and that's cool. Uh, it's not that it was bad or I didn't enjoy the information. It just felt like a lot of it was just being teased more than actually talked about. Uh, and I didn't expect that for what is going to be the last live letter before. Well, date wise, uh, maybe what will probably be the last live letter before six, five actually launches, uh, depends on if they're yes. able to stick to their early October timeline for six, five and six, five, five in mid January. We do know we're headed back to the first, except this time we're able to get friends there. So presumably Yishtola has figured something out. Um, Alliance tribal quest. So yeah, <laughs> Alliance tribal quest. So get your reputations up with any uh, tribes you have failed to do so uh, at the moment. 
the Lunar Subterranean new dungeon, and then a new variant Criterion dungeon. That feels like it's just right around the corner. I still have like four paths to finish on mine on the current one uh, on the variant dungeon. Uh, and then system-wide, we're getting the Moonfire Fair next week with... Uh, with Power Ranger suit. With do, some... Do, 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 do. Yeah, with some uh, rewards. That, rewards. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there's... Did you put that in air quotes? Rewards. There's rewards. Yeah, I don't care about this at all. It's dieable, though. If you hate red, you're you're still okay. It's dieable. So, whatever. Hey, and coming two dies. Huh? Two dies. Yeah, two dies. Expansion. Two dies. Uh, I saw in an interview, too, so, by the way, that somebody was asking about putting the pixel remasters as playable items in the gold saucer so that they could go play the pixel remasters there. And Yoshi P was talking about, like, he's actually open to that idea, really likes the idea, but he also tested it he <laughs> also said there's an issue with it that the Pixel Remasters use a middleware, and so we would need some super programmer to figure out a way to get the middleware to launch inside Final Fantasy XIV so that that middleware could launch one of the Pixel Remaster titles. And he kind of jokingly was like, if anybody feels like they know how to do it, we're taking resumes. <laughs> like, <laughs> go ahead and yeah, send I left resumes. the idea off to you. Launch a launcher to launch a game. To launch a launcher to launch a game. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Would but you, I bet, like, Mike, a part of you ought to have gone, if you want to do this, where's my TCG app you could chuck into 14 now? Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. You get a programmer that, that puts Pixel Remaster 1 through 6 in the gold saucer. I better get FFTCG in the damn gold saucer. Yeah. Make sure it's in the free trial. And because it, we got a professional, but John <laughs> players in Japan using 14. Yeah, it better come before <laughs> fucking Blitzball. That's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, my Lord. That's all I have to say. Hey, and some other Square Enix news. Obviously not a lot going on there uh, besides the Pixel remasters there. But I thought I would show you guys this before we head over to Love It or Leave It. Uh, pushsquare.com did a survey of their readers uh, and they wanted fans to vote on the best Final Fantasy protagonist. Now, did any of you click this link already? Yes. Okay, you both did. You okay. didn't say not <laughs> chat. Chat, go ahead and guess who came in first. Best Final Fantasy protagonist. I guarantee you, whatever you type in first, whatever you're thinking first and you type it in, you're right. Just... Let me know. <laughs> Put Cloud. Hey, look at that. Yeah, Cloud. Yep. Derplander. No, Derplander Derp did not win. It was Cloud Strife walking away with 33% of the vote, a little over 3,000 votes we were talking about here. Who came in second is the interesting one. Already, Clive Rossfield. Mm. Now, he's pretty, yeah. He's certainly well written. He's tremendously acted. I'm not going to take any of that away. He is very fresh on everybody's mind right now, right? So there might be a little recency yeah. bias uh, in this in this survey. But here was the list that they gave everybody because there are some games that have multiple protagonists, and so they kind of they kind of truncated things here, right? Furion from Final Fantasy II, Cecil from Four. I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Flynn Cecil. Cecil for you over He's over the pond there. Is he Cecil for you or is he Cecil? Uh, I probably say Cecil. You say Cecil. I really don't yeah. care. 
Uh, Bartz from Final Fantasy V, a.k.a. Butts. Uh, Tara Branford in uh, 6. Stry- Cloud Strife in 7. Squall from 8. Zidane from 9. Zidane or Zidane? Uh, Zidane. Zidane. Oh, a oh, totally different one. Uh, yeah. Titus from 10. Titus or Titus? Uh, Titus. Yeah, that one actually has Titus. a canon answer. But yeah, it's yeah. so it's hard for me uh, not to say Titus. Final Fantasy ten disc yep. that came it's out. Water-themed... Yep. Uh, Water hey theme Final Fantasy. You're His preaching to the Titus. choir. You're preaching to the <laughs> choir. He was Titus until I was like actually covering things and I was like, oh, they did answer this. Uh Vaughn from 12, Lightning from 13, Noctis from 15, and Clive from 16. Do you honestly uh, if I asked you right now, Tark, is Clive the second best protagonist in all the Final Fantasy series, even with your recency bias at playing 16? Oh, I'm going to have to say no. I think he comes in, for me, he comes in fourth, maybe really close to third. I'd have to put Cloud, Cecil, Titus, Clive, in my opinion. I put him fourth, but I have a different list. That's interesting that we both put him fourth. I have Cloud uh, as as one, and then I put uh, Cecil as two, and then I I actually put Zidane as three. Titus right. is really boring to me. <laughs> Not that he's a bad character. He does he's he does what he's supposed to do, but his name is never even said in the damn game. The, the character True. because he's meant to be like this empty vessel you can plop yourself into and play, right? Uh, so he kind of sure. like just doesn't do a lot for me. So he's actually five, and then I put Clive at. at uh, I'm sorry, he's four, and then I put Clive at five, fighting for fourth. So we're very close. But uh, where, where, Flynn, Clive, second, third, third, Squall, Sedan, and uh, Clive. Squall, there's Squall a hot first. Take. I'm there's a fan of Hate Boy. There's a, there's a I hot really take. like Squall for you. It's, it's the Final Fantasy I've played the most outside of 14. Oh, what I keep going to. Your favorite protagonist um, dies at the end of the first disc. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't ascribe to the squall is dead theory. I don't ascribe. Oh, yeah. His heart is right over you. <laughs> I don't yeah, ascribe to the okay. squall is dead theory. I don't. He bled out, dude. He bled out. <laughs> he, he can bleed out. He bled out. <laughs> oh, yeah. He'll take hits to the face from gigantic primals, <laughs> but a bit of ice in the shoulder. So, so is Squall your favorite, uh, or is it really Laguna? <laughs> Which no, it's Squall. It's Squall. Although I, I am fond of Laguna as well. <laughs> All right, let's head over and do. I think it's why Zidane's where he is because he's sort of has Laguna vibes. <laughs> <laughs> let's head over to love it or leave it. Love it or leave it is the way we end every episode of the Relic Grind here. It's where I give you something Square Enix related. Could be a feature in a game, something they've done in the press, something they've released, or just whatever I feel like, as long as it has something tangentially to do with Square Enix. And you tell me whether you love it, want more of it, or you leave it, cast it aside. In one of the interviews with Yoshi P that I was talking about earlier with my illustrious co-hosts, there was also mention of a desire to do a Final Fantasy XIV anime or TV series. But that Square Enix pledged, if they did do this with somebody, they would want it to be of the utmost quality in line with the rest of the Final Fantasy XIV product line. So I'm here to ask you, Flynn, love it or leave it, the idea of a Final Fantasy XIV anime slash TV series. Love it. 
I have wanted for years to see like an anime adaptation of the company of heroes taking on Leviathan during the mm-hmm. uh, events at Dalamud and the uh, Realm Reborn. Tark, love it or leave it? Uh, love it, but the the writing quality needs to be like of the utmost quality. Like I don't want a Pokemon like writing situation. Give me something with you know some mature themes and stuff doesn't need to be mature right because that was what they were going to do with ff9 right when the ff9 anime was is going to be geared towards a younger audience when it comes out yeah don't necessarily want that want some mature themes doesn't need me mature you know content but mature themes do you want them to do since both of you have said love it let let me ask you a follow-up question flynn do you want them to do like new stories with familiar characters or do you want the to see an anime about you know, the main storyline of Heaven's Word or insert expansion here? Uh, I th- oh, probably have to go with the former. Uh, part of the issue with a game where you create your own characters, you get emotionally connected to that characters. And I think if you added any story, whether it's Heaven's Word or Shadowbringers, as much as that would be amazing, it would feel off to you because it's not you <laughs> in a way. What about you, Tark? New story with familiar uh, characters or familiar uh, stories told in episodic form? I think a story that is running parallel to what's going on with our characters would probably be the best of both worlds. Like, don't get me wrong. I would absolutely watch. So like when Uriange disappears story. for a while, you want to yeah, see a yeah. storyline of what was going on over there. Yeah. Or, you know... Follow the company of heroes or follow the Crystal Braves, you know, before and after, you know, it's malfunction and and stuff that's going on and have it like run parallel to what's going on with with our Warrior of Light. Or you do the Warrior of Light and everyone's just shocked and dismayed and and sad because it's going to be voiced. Our Warrior of Light's going to be voiced when our Warrior of Light has never been voiced. So what Tark is advocating for here, Flynn, let me just let me just put this, you know, down on paper here. What Tark is advocating for is brand new Final Fantasy 14 players coming on the Xbox that have never played before. You bastards have to play from 2.0 forward and go watch the supplemental anime to understand a <laughs> damn thing. Otherwise, shell out some skip money, homie. <laughs> Do not turn 14 into 15. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna say leave it. I'm gonna say leave it. Uh, not because I don't think it can't be well done. I'm sure it can. Not because I wouldn't watch it. I'm sure I would. Uh, but I feel like if they're gonna do a Final Fantasy anime or episodic thing, I feel like it should be its own thing. Uh, I, you know. A story in the Final Fantasy universe, not tied to 14, not tied to 6. Um, or, you know, maybe an anthology thing where you do, hey, this episode is based on characters in 6, and they do what you said, Tark. They go follow a side story of something that was happening in conjunction. And then this next episode is 8, and this episode is 14, and follows Yishtola and Matoya way back when. Like, that that type of stuff I could I could get behind. I, I feel like trying to tie a full episodic show to storylines in a specific Final Fantasy game just ends up being mediocre, uh, I, I feel like. It just feels like a retelling of stories we've already heard at that point. 
Although I'd still watch it, but I'm going to say leave it. I'm going to say leave it. That's going to do I it for us. Like see, oh, no, sorry. No, go I ahead. I would love to see uh, Final Fantasy Lost Stranger be adapted. Cool. Yeah. Mr. Final Max wants Hildebrand. Yeah. So, I'd be down for more <laughs> Hildebrand <laughs> anime. Yep. I could go for that. That's going to do it for us here at the Relic Grind. Thank you for watching. Uh, let us know in the comments what you thought about the keynote, FanFest, if you were there. What were the goods? What were the bads? Let us know down below in the comments, either on YouTube or on readycheckradio.com. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode of the Relic Grind. Until then, Flynn, where can everybody find you? You can find me over on Twitter, X, whatever it's called today. <laughs> at, yeah, I, st uh, I still use the bird like, icon. I'm not changing that anytime soon. And uh, within crisis and Twitch at within crisis and YouTube at within crisis podcast. Tark. Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all at Tarkoth Gaming. You can also find me here Saturday nights uh, on Ready Check Radio playing Final Fantasy 15. We got still doing post game stuff. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right there at Magic Man, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R A I D E O. And you'll know every time we're going live with a podcast, a stream, FFTCG locals, or we're just hanging out having a good time, even if we decide to go an hour early, you'll know when. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Later. Two dies. Two dies. In game combat platter. <laughs>